God bless you all on this Good Friday episode. This is where we sit down and recognize the life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And also celebrate Him dying and being crucified on the cross for our sins. It's very bittersweet. It's hard to think of what he had gone through to do that for you. He died for your sins. That is the main thing, the most main thing in Christianity, is that God's Son was on earth And he wiped your slate clean by dying for your sins. And we celebrate his life and his extremely selfless act on this Good Friday. So God bless you all. Go on through your life with that clean slate. And I do not have an opening quote today. But I do tip my hat to all of you because he didn't just die for my sins, but yours as well. And we all, as humanity, can definitely, definitely celebrate that together, can't we? And in three days on Easter, we'll definitely be celebrating him rising from the dead as well. Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast. Today, I'd like to talk about a few things. and Well, subcompact tractors is one of them. But you know, today, a story came to mind. You know, I've been reading the outdoor news a little bit every here and there. And by golly, you know, turkey season's coming up. Those of you who do not raise turkeys, probably probably don't. You may raise chickens for meat birds, but uh, turkeys make a wonderful meat bird from what I've heard. I've never done this, but I have turkey hunted. Unfortunately, I'm probably one of the worst turkey hunters you've ever met in your life. I don't know if... Uh, I've been doing it for 20-something years. I live up in uh, central Minnesota. We have plenty of them. And uh, old Mr. Tom Turkey himself has bamboozled me. And his record is way better than mine. I am at a, uh, a complete zero on wins. And old Mr. Tom himself has racked up hundreds of wins. I do uh, take a little bit more difficult approach when it comes to hunting turkeys because I shoot a bow and arrow and uh, in the act of that there's a lot of movement that goes on when you hunt your turkeys but uh, pretty fun, pretty fun. I uh, 
I've learned from a lot of failure, but I have not learned enough to get more turkeys, and I actually uh, have embraced my failures, which is something that we also, uh, in our homesteading, prepping, and uh, just in our daily lives, embracing your failures can also serve you in large dividends. But in turkey hunting, I, uh, I'm fairly stubborn, and uh, I do embrace the failures, but I, uh, I, I still take the very difficult approach to turkey hunting. I do kind of have one funny story about turkey hunting, though, if, if you guys like sitting down and listening to a story. So anyway, one time we were down in this very large public tract of land, and we were camping there. It's just a huge, just bluff country down in southeastern Minnesota. And I found my buddy Dave in the woods, you know, we were hunting all day. It was kind of mid-afternoon, and I found my buddy Dave and uh, talked to him for a while. And I said, yeah, I think I'm going to shoot up over this hill. Because when I'm turkey hunting, I always think I need to be climbing some kind of hill. I have no idea why but putting together too much effort is something that I'm really good at and getting nothing out of it. But anyway, I, I, I says, yeah, I gotta climb over this hill. So I gets up there and climb up over this hill. Well, uh, at that point, I got up to the top of the hill and I was plum tuckered and it was a real steep one. It was a really big one. I thought, and nature, nature calls, okay? Now, uh, for this very reason, when you're turkey hunting, and, and I think uh, just about any turkey hunter will fairly agree with me on this, a guy should have a few sheets of toilet paper in his pocket, okay? So anyway, I do, uh, in the morning, you know, every morning before I go turkey hunting, I, uh, I uh, make sure I uh, take a liberal amount of uh, toilet paper and uh, just throw it in one of my back pockets because, you know, you never know when you're going to need that. I, I, it's kind of something you do in the woods, you know? You just, I mean, I, the occasional leaf or uh, plant can be used, but uh, the repercussions of that can, can cause great harm sometimes. So anyway, I, I got this, uh, this toilet paper in my back pocket. I get all set up and... And I'm in the middle of the woods, you know, and it's public ground. I'm, I'm you know, I kind of take a little peek around to see if anybody's coming, but I mean, it's turkey season. Everybody's in camo, everybody's decked out, whatever. You, I didn't see anybody, didn't see nothing. So I get down, squat down, do my business, you know, get back up, pull my drawers up, get all snapped together. I walk about Oh, I want to tell you, 15 feet, yeah, about three or four good strides, okay? That's about how far I walked. And then all of a sudden, yeah, 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 yeah. So some fucking guy sitting there turkey hunting has his decoys out. He's leaning up against a tree, full camel. I did not see this dude at friggin all he was probably 60 feet away from me watched me do this 
and didn't say a guy darn thing. And I'm like, humiliated, okay? So, I mean, I, I, I just got done taking a dump in the woods. And when you do that, I mean, you're bearing all, you know? And this dude, leaning against a tree, watched her happen. You know, I mean, if I was leaning against a tree, I mean, I don't know what you'd do, but I'd be like, hey there, pal, I'm hunting right here, you know? Just to spare this individual the embarrassment of taking a big old pile right in front of me, okay? You know, but I was absolutely humiliated, so I just beelined it to camp. Luckily, I had face paint on and stuff. And luckily, there wasn't too many turkey hunters staying at this particular camping area that we were at. So uh, I assume I did not uh, meet this person later. But man, what a story. Anyway, I wanted to talk to you about subcompact tractors on the homestead today. The first thing I'll tell you is that uh, if you're going to be using this primarily to mow your lawn and nothing else, don't buy a subcompact tractor. Because you, a subcompact tractor does mow the lawn awesome and it makes a great lawnmower, but it's not even a quarter as efficient as a zero turn lawnmower, okay? But for me, I have a 62 inch deck on this thing. I have a John Deere 2305. It's like a 2009, I believe. This thing has a 62 inch deck. It's a belly mower. So it, and when you start this tractor, it's a diesel engine, 23 horsepower, 23 and a half, somewhere in there. And it's a Yanmar engine, which is a really good engine. Yeah, I bought it used for probably half the price or less than half the price of what you would get at brand new. And uh, it has a bucket on the front. So this bucket on the front, what makes it really awesome is that it's removable, easily removable, like minute and a half removable. You can put it on or off in a minute and a half. And that's really nice because when you need to mow the lawn, who wants to have a bucket on the front? So this belly mower is totally rocks when mowing the lawn. We have three acres. We have a little bit of woods on there. We have a lot of horse pens on there. I have a lot of stuff to go around when I mow the yard. But it's, it turns pretty tight. It's got all-wheel drive when I want to climb out of the, or four-wheel drive when I want to climb out of the ditch. And it's, it's just, it's totally awesome. So the mowing part is definitely nice. If you're the type of person that does not mow your lawn and you graze it off, good for you, you're totally awesome. Uh, but having a mower on there is kind of nice for just uh, many things, you know, uh, when you when an overgrown pasture or, or whatever, you know, you can just mow it. Okay, number two, the bucket. The bucket has been absolutely exponential in our homesteading. We move dirt all over the place with this thing. We, uh, we have horses, so I don't have a set of forks for it, but we roll these big, large round bales into the pen when Farmer Danny delivers them. We roll that into the pen and put it in the feeder with that. 
Um, it would be able to lift the little round bales, I'm pretty much thinking, but we don't have forks, so I don't, or a bale spear, so I don't try. I, you know, I just don't do it. Um, another thing it's good for is, you know, fixing up the driveway, doctoring that up. Also, our horse riding arena, you know, moving sand around, getting stuff, uh, dirt, big time, or compost pile, stirring that up, I use it for that. Uh, there's an endless amount of uses you'll use this loader for, uh, whether loading or unloading things. And sometimes the, the loader is just nice for carrying stuff. Uh, you can put lumber and stuff on it and, and stuff like that and carry that around. It's just, it's really good. Uh, I do not, however, use it as a scaffold. Some people tend to do that and it's not really a good idea. Uh, but you know what, you should know if you're homesteading what's safe and what isn't. And I'm not going to tell you what to do and what not to do like, like the government does. Uh, because they decided they need to tell you what you can and cannot do uh, so you don't die on the job. I'm just saying that that's nature's way of weeding out the dumb son of a bitches around here. But uh, hey, whatever. Um, I don't suggest doing unsafe stuff, but uh, you know what, some people just do it. But the loader is totally awesome, really like it. If you do have a loader and you are carrying heavy things and you have a subcompact tractor, first thing I'll tell you is you need a ballast box for safety reasons and it'll just help you out. It'll actually run and uh, the, the loader function on that will work better for you because of the way it balances your tractor. So I made my own ballast box because I don't like to pay money for counterweight. Because all it is doing is weight. So the reason I, I got a bunch of window weights in there, a few rocks, a little concrete, whatever, you know. Sometimes you can empty the ballast box if you're like out rock picking. Fill that up first and then fill your bucket and then you can unload both of them when you get there. But uh, the, the ballast box, I also did make like a shovel holder and a rake holder in there. Another thing you can do to it is make like a chainsaw holder or whatever, you know, if you got like a grapple system on your tractor. It's nice to have a chainsaw holder or, uh, you know, fuel can holders, stuff like that. But you need weight back there to balance the tractor from tipping over forward. And sometimes it'll even help it help you if you carry that load low enough, keep your, your tractor from tipping over sideways. It'll, it will give you counterweight. You know what I mean? So. The ballast box is a very important thing. I made mine out of wood and a bunch of stuff from Tractor Supply. It's not structurally even half as sound as like a steel one that you would buy. You can get them on palletforks.com uh, for a couple hundred bucks, the same color as your tractor. But that being said, uh, I made mine for probably less than 20. So just to give you perspective, and I've had it for two years now, and it's a total panty dropper. It's, it's awesome. But uh, anyway, the ballast box is a really good function that we have. You can also get many other things for a subcompact tractor, uh, like a rototiller. As often as you're not using a rototiller, it's good to have a community rototiller. Okay, and in saying that, what I'm saying is if you know a couple people that 
have a subcompact tractor, um, having one rototiller for several people is a really, really good idea. Um, because they're really expensive, they're heavy. You can also use a rototiller as a ballast box, by the way, because it is so heavy. But they're so heavy that, and they're so expensive that multiple people should own a rototiller. Or if you have a rototiller, you can charge people to borrow it or borrow it to people. Or if you're really nice, just let people use it and uh, you own it. So however that works. Anyway, so a rototiller is a really good thing for a homesteader because of the gardeners. I mean, it just turns your frickin' soil into mush and you don't have to manually do it. You can just sit there on the tractor, beer in hand until your soil, like I'm gonna be doing. Um, other things uh, about the subcompact tractors, I mean, there's endless amounts of attachments. You can get, you can get spreaders, sprayers, uh, forks for your loader. Um, they make these, uh, obviously, for removing snow, a subcompact tractor is good. I have a walk-behind snowblower, but I usually use the bucket on my tractor to remove the snow. The only thing is, is the snowblower is really nice when the ground is not froze yet and it snows and you don't have that little layer of frozen ground. You know, a lot of times those of us with gravel driveways find gravel in the yard if you use a loader and bucket, if not done very, very carefully you'll find gravel in your yard in the spring and, it's, and it just pisses you off. So, and another thing with the snowblower too, you can, you can set your guides up so you're, you know, you're leaving like a half inch of snow on that surface and not taking your gravel. Um, you can get a front snowblower for your subcompact tractor and you can get a rear snowblower for your subcompact tractor. The only thing is, is these front snowblowers for subcompact tractors <clears throat> generally are wide, are a, you can use a wider blower on the front, okay? And they're really nice because you don't have to get uh, a kink in your neck from blowing snow. And you know, the lights on your tractor are already built forward and point forward. So when blowing snow forward, it's, it's kind of a nice addition. I'd like to get one, I just don't know where I'd like to store it. Uh, I'd also like to get a rear one because I have a bucket on the front. That's like ultimate moving, snow moving machine, is having a snowblower on the rear on your three point, which by the way, they don't recommend going over, uh, what was it, 56 inches for a real little subcompact tractor like mine. They don't recommend going over 56 inches with a three-point snowblower. Uh, so when looking at snowblowers, you might want to look at the size that is rated for your particular tractor. Um, but if having the bucket on the front and the snowblower on the rear, I mean, you got the best of both worlds there. You can, you know, if you run into a situation where you can't blow the snow and you need to push it out of an area because you have too many buildings there, or too many, too many uh, parked trailers there or something, sometimes you just gotta push the snow out of there. You can't blow it because it doesn't go over the top or into a big pasture or field or ditch or woods or whatever. So sometimes you gotta use the bucket. 
So it's the ultimate machine for removing snow. Um, also, there there's so many attachments. I mean, geez, you get into these attachments, you can just get into loads and loads and loads of them. Like a brush hog for the back. Uh, one thing I will tell you is if you're hauling your subcompact tractor around on a trailer, if you have a brush hog on the back, you're gonna have to get a trailer that's about two times the length of your tractor uh, just to haul the brush hog and the tractor around while hooked up. Um, and, and you know, these trailers, what's nice about a lot of these trailers is for a subcompact tractor, you don't need a really big, heavy trailer for it either. You know, like you do a skid loader. You know, a good size skid loader is 10,000 pounds. These subcompact tractors are less than half that in most cases, even with the attachments and the ballast boxes and all that. So, just to say, you're getting into it. But also, when you have a subcompact tractor for doing stuff around your farm, which you'll think of endless shit to do with it, um, also do make sure that that tractor is, um, how can I say it? You know the limitations of it. I mean, you're not going to dig out and mine out your gravel pit with this little subcompact tractor. There's just, there's too much, there's stuff that's too hard on it. <clears throat> and like a skid loader, for instance. You know, you can subcut a building with that. Cut all the dirt out for a foot. You can do that with your subcompact tractor, but if you do that on a daily basis, it's gonna rip rip the damn thing in half. I mean, you're gonna be putting more money into that thing than you want to. So, just a fair warning on that. Uh, know the limitations of it. But anyway, that's just a few tips on the subcompact tractor idea. And uh, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd like to connect with any of you if you uh, want to connect uh, Ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com also uh, Instagram instant message all that stuff this I know does not have a whole lot to do with poultry but in homesteading the subcompact tractor is a really good tool uh, just thought I'd mention it uh, just to have one uh, I would buy used uh, what they charge for brand new ones these days, my heavens, you don't want that. You really don't want that, my God. I mean, unless you got deep pockets, go ahead. But man, you would not believe the price of these things. Anyway, thanks for listening today. God bless you. Uh, celebrate Jesus's life and what he did for you on the cross today. Anyway. Have a good one.